Hallelujah. Father, we're just so thankful, Lord, that we have gathered today, Father, as worshipers in your courts. Father, and the scripture would tell us better is one day. God, and we're so thankful that we have more than just one day, Lord, but we can come again once again tonight. Lord, in the eve of the middle of the week, Father, and just set aside the cares of life and come into your presence, come into your courts with thanksgiving. Lord, enter into your house with praise. And Father, we're here tonight, Lord, to give honor and glory to the King of Kings and to worship you, Father. And we just pray, Lord, tonight you'll anoint the lips of the speaker, Father. Not only that, but you'll anoint the ears of the hearer, Lord, that we can be in tune with what the Spirit would have to be said tonight. God, we love you, and we're so thankful for this opportunity. Lord, just thinking back over the past month of how, Lord, the life has completely changed and what you have done, how you have moved, Lord, from one career to another career. And, Lord, just to see your hand upon our lives, Lord, we're so thankful, Father. God, I just worship you, Lord. And I'm just so thankful, Lord, that no matter what befalls us, Lord, we're blessed. We're blessed children of God today, Lord, to know who we are, to know who saved us, and Lord, not only to know God, but to be known of God, and we're just here tonight, Lord, and we just pray you'll be the speaker, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You love them tonight? Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to have you turn to 1 John 5 and verse 13, and as you're turning there, I just want to give a special happy birthday to Sister Marilyn back in the back. Amen. We're and then we want to also give happy birthday to Brother Jude. So we got, we, got, we got them in all ages tonight. We got them just hitting teenage years, and we got them hitting, I don't know what you want to call it, Sister Marilyn, but we're thankful that you're still with us, and we sure appreciate your testimony through the years, and what a mighty God we serve. We look here, and I want to speak to you once again on God Does Impossible Math. This is part 16. And I spoke Sunday on nothing will stand before your prayer. And tonight I want to speak to you on not even cancer. So we know if you're familiar with the message, you're familiar with this quote or the quotes that Brother Branham uses when the angel of the Lord met him. But we want to finish it through the night. And, and I, I would, if we would dedicate a sermon to anybody, I wouldn't say it would be to any one person. But I would say it would be those who are in the battle of cancer, not only spiritual cancer, but also physical cancer. But we believe nothing will stand before the believer's prayer, not even cancer. Okay, so that's what we're going to focus on tonight. And we find here... Says these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So God's ears are not deaf that He doesn't hear. But he understands. He hears the faintest heart's cry, your faint whisper to God. He's mindful of it. He hears it. It says, if, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And we look here in John 15 and verse 7 as well. John 15 and verse 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. These are promises to the believer. Let me put it like that. These are your promises. 
Don't just put it off on a believer because sometimes we want to tag that somebody else, maybe that super spiritual person in the church. But this is your promise as a son and daughter of God. He says, whatsoever you ask, you ask anything and it'll be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As a father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. God bless you this evening. We'll let you have your seats tonight. Go ahead and get our timer started. Just a wonderful, wonderful day today, just been in the presence of the Lord and just thankful for, again for the opportunity that God has made for us to be able to stand behind this pulpit and to be able to go off on the field full time. It's just a tremendous blessing. My, everybody keeps looking at me and saying, man, you're a brand new man. You know, when all that pressure is off of you, it'll make you a brand new person. You know, the Bible says to, to enjoy the liberty wherewith he has made us free. So we thank, we thank the Lord for that. But in the message where I think Pentecost fell... We're going to kind of pick back up where we ended on Sunday. He said he wants us to ask and believe that our joys would be full. He wants you to ask abundantly. Okay, ask for big things. A lot of times we come to God and we bring the little things. But he says, ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Get on out here in some kind of faith and move out into big things. Can we move out into big things tonight? Now we're speaking on not even cancer. Oh, I will assume that's a pretty big thing. So I want to make sure that we're all in this together. That's why we spoke Sunday and we built it on faith because it takes faith to believe. And if you have belief and you have faith in the word of God, then nothing will stand before your prayer. And the prophet says, move on out to big things. Big things is just as easy to receive as little things. He goes, you just have to believe. See, that's the key is you just got to believe. Whatever your need is tonight, you just got to believe. No matter how big, how small, you just got to believe. He said, that's all. He says, and you got faith? Now, we discussed that on Sunday. Every man, he has dealt him a measure of faith. So there's not one of us here tonight that lacks faith. He says, we got faith. Just know exactly how to use it, and it'll be all right. He goes, you can put it right to work, and it'll be just fine. So we all have faith, but we just got to know how to use the faith that's been entrusted to us. And I believe tonight, how do we do that? By hearing the word of God, by allowing ourselves to come into his presence. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now in the message inspiration Brother Bam tells us God wants us to ask for big things. He didn't just say it once. He said it multiple times. He don't run out of blessings up there. Oh my. The God that we serve doesn't run out of blessings. He goes, you can't ask God for too much. See, could you imagine a little fish about this long swimming out in the ocean? Say, I better drink of this water sparingly. It may dry up. You know, some of us, that's how we do our faith. Well, we better not ask God this because God can only do so much. But we find that God can do amazing things. He's the inexhaustible fountain of life. He said it would be more reasonable for that little fish or that ocean to drop on that little fish than it would to be to think that we can exhaust the God's blessings. There's nothing that we can ask but what God can't provide because he's the inexhaustible fountain of life. And he says, all heaven belongs to you. 
In Ephesians 3 and verse 20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. So the word exceeding abundantly or that phrase means more than necessary. God can do more than what is necessary for your trial. God can do more than what is necessary for your need. It also means supremely. It means much more than all. It means superior, extraordinary or extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon, more eminent, more remarkable, more excellent. So we find today, church, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even fathom in our finite human minds and the thing that we need to do tonight on a Wednesday night is to let our faith loose to believe God let your faith loose tonight to believe that he'll still heal the sick to believe that still that he'll deliver those who are bound notice nothing will stop God's promise there's not one thing not one trial that you go through that can ever stop what God had promised God put it in his word you ask anything in my name that's a promise to the believer and there ain't enough devils in hell can stop that believer from reaching that promise because the devil can't stop what God has already promised. And I'm here to tell you tonight, God is here. We witnessed God move and God is here to move for you tonight. Nothing can stand before your prayer. Your prayer, not even cancer. See, God can do more than is necessary. He can do much more than all. He can do extraordinary, more eminent, more remarkable, more excellent than you as a believer can even ponder in your mind. Now, some of you are intellectual giants. Some of you are simple people. But no matter where you are in your intellectual bandwidth, God can do more than you can even fathom. Because he's God. He's infinite. And I love this because, you know, the thing is, you can't put limits on God. So we find God can do these things. The question is, will you let him do it? So we know that God can. God promised that he can. God promised that he will. The question is, will you let him do it? And all that depends on your faith. Are you willing to let your faith loose tonight to trust God that he said, I'll do what you asked of me? You got prodigals out there. You call them on the scene. I'll do what you ask of me. But you got to ask it in faith. Now, he tells us in the message, faith is a substance. This is 1947. And this is where we're going to bring in this our capstone quote tonight. He says, now, there was an angel came to me in a room and told me that way back, back before I was born, was foreordained to have a gift of divine healing. He came and he told me in a room one night that God had sent the gift and it was a gift of divine healing for the people. Notice who it was for. It wasn't for Brother Branham. It's your gift. God sent the gift for you tonight. Okay, and he says, and if I could get the people to believe me, believe me, and would be sincere when I prayed, nothing would stand before the prayer. He didn't say my prayer, is only, it only pertains to Brother Branham, but nothing will stand before the prayer. He says, therefore, speaking face to face with the supernatural being, I believe with all my heart. And if I can get you to believe me with all your heart, he said, that's what moves God. And then you're healed. See, your faith has saved you. See what I mean? Your faith to believe has saved you. Not what you worked up to and thought in your mind, but what you really know, the evidence of things not seen. See, this quote to me is just not about physical healing. 
I believe we can apply this to anything, any situation that we face as a believer. If we can believe, nothing will stand before our prayer. Whatever you ask, if you can believe and have faith, God will bring it to pass. And notice he says, your belief in what God said pulls God or moves God toward you. So we find that your faith pulls God to your need. It pulls God to intercede on your behalf. Your faith to believe and trust that he will do what he said he'd do. That's what moves God to respond to your situation. And every person here, your situation is unique and different from somebody else. But God is yet the same. He still moves. He still operates. He still moves according to his word. And all he wants you to do tonight is believe. And that's why we took Sunday and we built the foundation on faith. So you know that you're a believer and God has promised you in the word and nothing can move you off of it. So why not believe tonight? Not only that God can, but God will. And we find though that as a believer, we face hard times. Now, I know this is probably very foreign to some of you. You never had a bad day, right? Okay, just let's have class participation tonight. Psalms 34 and verse 17 says, A righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Oh, man, come on. Let's say that again. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. That should be a resounding amen. amen. Otherwise, there's no trouble that can take you down. God will deliver you out of all your troubles, out of all your afflictions, out of all your trials, out of all your calamities. The righteous cry, they cry out to God. They make their petition known. And God hears your petition. And not only does he hear, but he delivers you out of all of them. The Lord is nigh unto them that are broken heart and saveth such that are of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He's reiterating. God's here to tell you tonight, I see your affliction, but I'm also the deliverer. So many are the afflictions, and if you look that word affliction up, it means bad, it means evil, it means unpleasant. It means giving up, excuse me, giving up pain, unhappiness, misery, but it also means malignant. And the word malignant is malignancy. And that word, if you look it up, it means tending to produce death. So many are the afflictions, the malignancies. And when we, when we hear the word malignancy or malignant, we think cancer. We think the threat to human life. We think death. Because we put it all together. You hear somebody, they get a bad doctor's report, they got cancer. First thing you think of is death. You don't think, oh, well, how precious is that? God's going to deliver. No, that's not the first thought that you have. You think immediately, I'm going to die. But Brother Bam says, now, when you get the Holy Ghost, you attend to a lot of obstacles. How many can testify of that? Man, I used, well, we'll just, we'll back that off. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth him out of them all. God brings you right up, facing with it, so he can show you his power and his goodness. So we as a believer, we have a promise. We're not promised a flowery bed of ease. That's not why we're here tonight. We're promised afflictions. Oh, praise God. Everybody sign up. No, but we're also promised you may face those afflictions. God will bring you to it, but God will also take you through it. Yes. 
God will deliver you from them. He'll not let one thing destroy you. So you must believe no matter what the afflictions you're facing, whether it be a physical affliction, a, a mental affliction, a financial affliction, a spiritual affliction, God will deliver you. You will not be overcome by the affliction. You will not be overcome by the malignancy. You will not be overcome by the pain of the situation. You will not be overcome by the unhappiness. You will not be overcome by the misery of the trial. You will not be overcome, but God God will deliver. Nothing will stand before your prayer. Not even malignancy. Not even cancer. So let's look at this for a minute. Let's find out what is cancer. I'm breaking back into my teaching gift. Yeah, I got a lot of text messages about that, by the way. Here in God's provided way of healing, a cancer in the natural realms would be a scavenger. A buzzard. Eat dead things. A cancer comes from a bruise. Notice, a bruised cell. Now, as I bring this out, I want y'all to parallel this. I want you to think scriptural, or not scriptural, but I want you to think spiritual and natural. A lot of times we want to put it all on the natural, and we fail to look at the spiritual aspect and the spiritual application of it. You can get a cancer in your spirit, okay? You can get a cancer in your spirit. Sitting right here at Even Like Tabernacle, you can get a cancer in your spirit, but not even cancer. I don't care what form he comes in, whether it be natural, whether it be spiritual, not even cancer will stand before the believer's prayer. Amen. Notice now, see a bruised cell usually is where it comes from. The cell is bruised, all mashed up. The cell is backslidden. If something happens in there that fails to get the function of the blood to the right, to it right, he says, and through there Satan, the author of death, which God is the author of life, Satan, the author of death, puts a demon in there called a devil, a demon called cancer. Cancer is not its name. Medical science just give it that name. The word cancer comes from the word crab. And then it means with legs and things it runs out. And it's like other diseases, they're given their medical terms. Then this little cancer comes in there first. It is a spirit. Then it gets into a backslidden cell or a bruised cell or a cell that's not operating right. Now notice, listen to what Brother Bram says here. He goes, oh, I'd like to preach the gospel now for five minutes. He goes, that's what happens in the church. Notice, he brings the natural, then he also flips real quick to the spiritual aspect of it. That's what happens in the church. When he gets someone failing to operate with the church, someone failing and pulling off and getting indifferent, that's a cancer in the church. It's a devil in that person, that's right. And it causes the whole church to be sick the best thing to do is to have a spiritual operation then he jumps right back but in this this little cell backslid the cancer come in notice the cancer it lays there first it's in a spirit then it begins to form a tiny little cell of its own and the little cell becomes first couldn't call he goes i can't call the big word of it but first it's it form of life it's cancer it's painless notice it's a little cell then it begins to form a little life of its own. And he said, in the first phase, it's painless. He said, no one even knows what's happening. You don't even know that you have it. See, the same thing flows in the spiritual aspect. Take somebody who's got a wounded spirit. Doesn't know, but a little spirit, a, a demon will attach to that. And a little crab will begin to draw out and begin to pull back. And they begin to get a complex. And they begin to get this. And they begin... But see, the person doesn't even know it. They don't want it. It's just there because of a bruised spirit or a bruised cell. And that's what Brother Branham said. It's painless. 
He says, no one knows it's happening. And now this little cell is born. It must feed. Notice, in order to feed, it has to feed on your bloodstream, just like you feed on the bloodstream when you was in your mother's womb. You fed on the substance that she ate and so forth. So does this cancer feed on the substance of your body. It's one little cell, then it grows and it get, begins to feed and another cell breaks out and another cell breaks out and another cell breaks out. And after a while, it's cell on cell, cell on cell, tumor, cataract, whatever it may be, it grows big. Bigger, 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 larger, spreading out the more cells and more cells. He goes, the first thing you know, it begins to zap or sap so much blood till this young lady begins to feel sick. So notice it's been there for a while and it's beginning to build up and begin to spread. But as it begins to spread, then it begins to draw the blood and begins to pull the life out of the, the host and it begins to make them feel sick. He says, what is it? It's also poison. It's death. It runs into every little fiber of the body that it can, down into the tissue, stretching its legs down, weeding out like roots of a tree, going all around, wrapping through the intestines, up through the spine. He said, the doctor comes along, opens them up. There's nothing can be done. The man, to the best of his knowledge, is saying everything that he knows. There it is. Sew the patient up. It's finished. It's all. There's nothing can be done. You can't take that person all apart we couldn't find it anyway anyhow if we could there it is the patient's hopelessly helplessly gone then as far as the doctor is concerned so this is the stage in the progression of cancer and the patient is hopeless the patient is helpless Because you can't take the patient and continue to open them up and dissect and eradicate every cell. It takes something greater than a physician. Now, I'm being told, and I tried to find this out today, but I'm just going to... I'm being told that when Brother Brother Bisco met with Brother Branham and Brother Branham began to tell him about the story of how the angel visited him, what we just spoke about. When the angel visited him and gave him the commission of divine healing... He said, you'll take this gift of divine healing to the people. And if you can get the people to believe you, then nothing will stand before your prayer. And Brother Branham asked the angel, what about cancer? And his reply was, not even cancer. So I don't believe that God sent an angel on a personal mission to tell Brother Branham that Nothing will stand before his prayer, not even cancer. And then when he left the scene, all of us were a null and void. But I believe the same commission, the same promise, the same visitation that that angel visited with a prophet came to him and assured him that nothing will stand before his prayer. It's the same angel that we've been witnessing here at Even Like Tabernacle coming to you and I, to many of us here tonight. And he's witnessed again that nothing will stand before the prayer of the bride. No matter how dark it is, no matter what the afflictions you're facing, no matter what we're going through, nothing will stand before the believer's prayer not even cancer notice now I believe also that this angel began to tell brother Bam exactly how to get your need met first was to get the people to believe see that's the key 
Because if we can't get you to rise up in faith, there's nothing that God can do for you. God can't do anything but what you first confess that he's done it. So that takes faith, right? But he also says, now he puts it back on the ministry or on the prophet, on the ministry. He says, you must be sincere when you pray. So otherwise, you've got to have feeling for the people. You've got to have empathy for the people. Put yourself in their place. And then when you begin to pray, nothing will stand before your prayer. Because one, they believe. Two, you begin to intercede. You put yourself there as if you're facing the same affliction. And no doubt you want to be healed. No doubt you want to be delivered. No doubt you want to be set free. And we find that when that takes place, when the believer believes and the man begins to pray and he prays with sincerity, God begins to move and there's nothing will stand before the prayer. Now we find here in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. The Bible says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that we may be, or that ye may be a new lump. You got to watch how you say that word lump, right? You can offend somebody today with that. Some of you got that joke, some of you didn't. That's okay. He says, now, as you are unleavened, he's, let me re- go back and read it again. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. This scripture is going to play a part later on during this service, so just hang tight with it. So this word purge here means to cleanse out, thoroughly cleanse, or clean thoroughly. Otherwise, we can't have any of our man-made ideas. Okay, we got to thoroughly cleanse out. So to keep the feast, we are to keep the feast, we are to do it, but we're not to do it with the old leaven man's ideas, man's traditions. We want to be a new lump. We want to be unleavened in the way that we continue to keep our worship pure and to keep our services pure and, and have the spirit and the truth. It's not to allow malice to come in, not to allow wickedness to come in, not to allow ourselves to be entangled with uh, the affairs of, of the world and not to allow man's ideas to persuade us this way or that way. And we find you know, Paul tells them now, he goes, keep the feast, but do it not with the old leaven, but neither with the leaven of mouth. So he begins to identify what's going on in that church. There's malice in that church. There's wickedness in that church. But I want you to come back to the unleavened bread of, of, of sincerity and truth. And Paul is trying to urge the believer, come back to sincerity. Believe what I'm preaching to you. Believe what I told you. I met God. I met him on the road. He changed my life. He opened my eyes and I can see who I am. And that's what he's trying to say to you tonight is come back to the bread of the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Not just one and not have the other, but we got to have both. But first we got to eradicate malice. And that word malice means malignancy, cancer. The word malice there means malignancy, cancer, ill will, desire to injure, depravity, evil, trouble. But the word sincere means we got to be free from pretense or deceit. We got to be free and we got to have genuine feelings. We want to be sincere in our worship. I don't want to just come to worship because that's what's expected of us. No, we come to worship because we're believers. 
And we're free from all these things that's trying to pull us down. Satan trying to get in there. The Bible would tell us in Hebrews 12 and verse 1, let us lay aside every weight. Otherwise, let us lay aside every burden, every encompass. Lay it all aside that we may do what? That we may run the race that is set before us. Each of you here tonight have a race to run. But don't run it with malice. Don't run it with wickedness. Don't run it with encompasses of this life. Don't run it with ill will towards somebody else. No, run this race with sincerity of the word hey God handpicked you in this hour not everybody here is hearing this message I'm not just speaking about this message tonight but not everybody has been able to grasp and understand the message of Malachi 4 Revelations 10 7 and 8 Luke 17 30 these things are special only a unique class of people can receive it now we find in Exodus 12 and verse 3, in the 10th day of the month, they shall take them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Then we drop down to verse 6, and they're going to kill this lamb in the evening. Verse 7, take the blood, strike it on the two side posts and the upper door posts of the house. We spoke about that on Sunday, how we applied the blood, blood being the word. We apply it with hyssop, hyssop representing faith. That's what we're to do. But also, we find here that in verse 8, and they shall eat the flesh in that night, roasted with fire and unleavened bread. So this unleavened bread is sincerity and truth, the word. Not mixed with man's ideas. Notice, Israel killed the lamb, applied the blood with the hyssop, and they also partook of the unleavened bread. This was emblematic of purity. So let us be sincere and true in our worship. When we walk through these doors, we come to worship God. We don't come just to see somebody or to be seen, but we come to worship God for what he has done for us. Let us be sincere. Let us be true. Let us be faithful. And I believe that no Christian can have or give evidence of sincerity who is not willing to put away all sin. And sin is unbelief. No Christian can have malice and ill will in his heart and claim to be a true worshiper of God. No Christian can have, want somebody to get a recompense of their, uh, of their injury. Oh, they harmed me, so I'm gonna, I want them, God to get even with them. We can't have that. We're to let those things go. You know, but we are to purge out that old leaven. If we plan on seeing God move in our midst, we've got to remain pure in our worship. We were, we're going to see God in our midst, and we're going to see miracles, and we're going to see healings. We, we want to see the things that take place. Then we can't come with any encumbrances to our worship. We can't mix in our own unbelief and expect to receive from God. We can't mix our own ideas and expect to receive. We can't mix psychology in with it and expect to receive from God. We can't mix man's ideas, programs, and expect to receive. We must face what we're facing with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We have the truth. This message is the truth. God's word is true and every man's alive. So no matter what it looks like, no matter what we're facing, we are to purge out the old leaven and keep the feast, the worship, our worship, with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now we find, as we begin to jump a little bit here, I'm going to go to Romans 4 and verse 16. It says, therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end 
the promise might be sure to all seed, not to that only which is of the law, but also that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is a father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him who he believed, even God who quickened the dead and calleth those things which were not as though they were. Notice, who against hope believed in hope. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So Abraham had to believe for the impossible. Now, I know many of you may be getting tired of my, my series on God Does Impossible Math, but it's real to me because I was thinking about it, pondering about it earlier today. That word math, as we think about an equation, God always has the answer to the equations. You and I can write the equation out like right here, and it may take us hours to kind of to arrive at the answer. And sometimes God allows certain things to take place because he knows that he's going to get to the answer, but things have got to line up. And I believe just like we faced with Abraham, Abraham was holding on for 25 years. He was given a promise. And the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Abraham wasn't relying just on the physical substance that he partook in the land. Abraham was living off the promise that God gave him. Abraham, I'm going to visit you. Abraham, you're going to have a son by Sarah, and you're going to call his name Isaac. And months went by, nine months, nothing. Year went by, nothing. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25 five years but finally Abraham the Bible says he staggered not at the promises of God he believed in hope he stood firm on the foundation of the word he wasn't just believing for his own physical substance he was believing for the spiritual that God gave the promise and no matter what I face God will honor my word God will honor his faith God will honor if I just keep believing God will bring it to pass and we saw Abraham a man who was tired in his body and he ignored the deadness of his life he ignored the deadness of Sarah's and he believed against hope he believed when everybody else said Abraham you're acting a fool why are you believing this because God said it and nothing will stand before my prayer I believe God I believe his word I believe his commission to me and he stood there and God made it manifest Abraham was living not just on substance alone but on the promise of the word of God and church that's what we got to live on We've got to live on this word. We've got to live on thus saith the Lord. Each of us today, we can choose right here tonight to either accept the word or reject the word. See, Abraham had to believe. Here he was, an old man. 25 years old, his life dead, no strength. But God tells him, I'm going to nurse you back to health. Think about this. Abraham's old age didn't stand in the way of the promise. His deadness of his body didn't stand in the way of the promise. Sarah's womb didn't stand in the way of the promise. God gave him a promise. I'm going to nurse you. Come here, Abraham, and nurse from El Shaddai, the breasted God. All that you have need of, Abraham, I'm here. You don't have to live just on physical substance alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Brother Bam will tell us, he says, now, no matter what it looks like, we don't look at what we see. We look at what we don't see. Is that right? See, the word means to look there. It doesn't mean, it means to understand. So you have to accept it by faith. And then when he comes into you, you understand it. You accept healing the same way. Stay right with it. Not what you look at, but it's what you believe. What you understand to be the truth. What you're looking at, the unseen, then stay with it. God formed Abraham's body. 
God formed Sarah's body. God allowed them to get old, wrinkled, dried up, milk veins gone, everything gone, only to provide or to perform a supernatural event in their life, foreshadowing what he was going to do in our lives. But like Abraham, we got to, we got to judge God faithful. Like Sarah, like Abraham, stagger not at the promise of God, not being weak in faith, but believe, being fully persuaded that nothing will stand before the believer's prayer. Surely God, if he could do this for Abraham, and Abraham believed, and Abraham, his body be turned back, and he manifest a promised son, surely the same God that did that for Abraham would also for us destroy any enemy that's trying to destroy your life. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 1, 6, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. God's going to get even with your enemy. Some of you need to write that down. God's going to get even with my enemy. Nothing will stand before my prayer. Notice now, he says, that sickness, whatever you have, if that is pulling on you, it's going to try, try to put everything in your mind to keep you from believing that this is the truth. He says, this which is coming now and me speaking to you is trying to get you to believe that it is the truth. You see, now, here's the warfare. See, if you will believe it, he says, the Holy Spirit will pronounce the blessing Satan has to leave. It has to be. So you see, every service, there's a spiritual warfare. Satan's trying to get you not to believe and yet God is trying to get you to believe by what? By preaching the gospel, by preaching faith, by preaching the word. And so we find he does these things and he does supernatural things within the body of the local body or even uh, the church itself for the main purpose to get the people to believe. Why do we see the healing of Sister Lana and different ones in our church? It's to get you to believe and trust God for no matter what you're facing. Don't make any difference whether you have a prayer card or not. See, we don't pass out prayer cards. How many of you ever been healed in this service? In the church? Come on, raise your hand. You've been healed. How many of you have been delivered? How many of you have been set free? What is that? Did you have a prayer card? No, but God honored your faith, and that's the way God moves. God's not looking for He said, many more are healed out there than ever that comes up here. It's because of the faith. They begin to believe. And up here, he begins to manifest this one and that one, tell them what their issue is, and see the sign, and see this, and, and go back and discern and the heart and everything. But it was for a purpose, was to get you out there to believe that God was on the platform. And I'm going to tell you tonight, God is on the platform. He shows up for every service. We don't just... Say that as cliche, where two or three will be gathered in my name, I'll be there. God is there. Every service, he's there. But yet every service, the devil's there. and try to pull you back and try to give you unbelief. And there's a spiritual warfare. But you've got to yield yourself to faith and believe and respond to the word. Don't sit there like a bump on a log and expect God to do something. Well, you're not putting nothing out. Put something out in the service. Believe God. Take God at his word. Say amen to the word. Yes, Lord. Now he says, now, if we or if you can get the people to believe you, not believe, notice now, not believe me as a man, but believe the message I'm telling you. There it is. See, get the people, the angel tell me, if you can get the people to believe you, not believe me as a man, but believe the message I'm telling you. So he says, now watch the order of it. This is in Led by the Spirit, 1950. He says, listen at the order of it. Ministers especially, 
Now, here it is. Now, listen close. If you get the people to believe you, he said, and be sincere when you pray, nothing will stand before your prayer. See, that's why we preach faith. That's why we preach a living God. That's why we preach a God that still heals. That's why we preach about a God that still does the miraculous. It's to elevate your faith. We preach Jesus Christ, both mechanics and dynamics. But you got to believe. See, the order of it is first is for the believer to believe. And then us as a ministry to be sincere when we pray. So we find now our thought tonight is not even cancer. You're probably wondering, Brother Joe, you're going all around Debbie's house. I know there's not a Debbie here. Oh, maybe there is. Well, you didn't used to be here. Well, anyway, we're going around Debbie's house. Kind of nice house, by the way, with a beautiful view on the back porch. But we want to look at tonight, and we're going to hone down, not even cancer. So cancer was one of the greatest threats to life in the 1940s, 30s, earlier beyond. Medical science didn't have the means or the capabilities at that time to treat a cancer patient. It wasn't until the mid-1940s that science began to try to treat cancer patients, and they treated them with penicillin and sulfur. So when someone was diagnosed with cancer, they were a, they were a dead man walking. They knew it was a death sentence. They were going to die. It was just a matter of time. And that's why the prophet of God will ask the angel, what about cancer? But see, because cancer was the greatest threat to life. The greatest hindrance was cancer. But we find here in Mark 9 and verse 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things. Uh, Matthew 21 and 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and not doubt, you shall not only do this which is done in the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. See, God doesn't put limits on what you're able to ask. God doesn't put limits there. He says all things. All things are possible to them that believe. Therefore, the only thing that limits God is you. You are the limiter to what your need is. But if you can let your faith loose tonight, there's no limits to what God can do for you tonight. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's why it's paramount that we have faith. That's why it's paramount that we preach faith. It's one thing to preach the, the deep mysteries of the word, but we also got to mix that or mix it or to intermingle that with, with this very simple faith-based preaching because we're all on different levels. Amen. We have some babes, we have some older, we have some in the middle. I like the deep things of God. I like the faith of God. I like it all. But we, it takes all of it. That's why I believe we've got a, well, a well-rounded ministry here because you get all the angles. And we're all, our focus is to get you to believe that God will do the impossible. There's nothing that God can't do if you'll release your faith to him and let him to do it tonight. 
He said, now there was an angel sent from the presence of God. He said, if you can get the people to believe you, would be sincere when you pray. Nothing shall stand before your prayer, not even cancer. And they asked Brother Branham, does everybody get well, Brother Branham? He said, everybody that truly believes gets well. Thousands have been healed. Now, when they lifted that brazen uh, serpent in, in, the, in the wilderness there, not everybody got healed, but those that looked on it, those that believed that when they looked at it because they were bit by a serpent, they were healed. But those that refused said, oh, that's just hogwash, they died. Yeah. And we find at the pool of Bethesda, those that had faith to get so close to the water because they knew when the angel came down and he troubled the water, if they could get in, they'd be made well. So it's not for everybody, but it's for whosoever will believe all things are possible tonight and if it means lifting up on a brazen serpent the brazen serpent never prayed for anybody the pool of Bethesda never prayed for anybody but God sent down ministry today sincere ministers that are preaching the anointed word to do what to get you to believe so that you can have your prayer met so that God can minister to your need and you can go away victorious see man is God's agent today God gives gifts to man now. Of course, God operates by the Holy Spirit through man. Man is God's agent, not a tape player. Man is God's agent. Man, God anointed man to preach the gospel, to elevate the faith, to get the people to believe so nothing would be impossible with you and your prayer. He said, the thing of it is now, the thing is, is to get the people to believe that this is the truth. You got to get the people to believe. My responsibility, Brother Aaron's responsibility, the responsibility of this ministry and every God-ordained ministry is to get the people to believe. That's our responsibility. Your responsibility is to believe. And then we do that by preaching the word of God. Now listen to what Brother Bram says here in the Angel and the Commission. This is 1950. He goes, I'm going to pray for you. You believe. I believe with all my heart and lay hands over on them and pray for them and ask the blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Pass them on. He goes, now, they're supposed to go away rejoicing, believing that they're going to get well. The cripple's supposed to believe that they're going to walk. The blind is supposed to believe that they're going to see. So he was telling you, you have a responsibility Sometimes we get in a prayer line and we want our hearts to earn, but that wasn't the commission. The commission was if you can believe, he could just pass you on through. And you was to go through believing that if you had blind eyes, you can be able to walk out and see. If you were crippled, you are going to walk out on the other side. That's your responsibility. Our responsibility is to preach the word with sincerity. And when we pray for you to enter in and to believe that God is going to do what God said he would do. And we will see the needs of the people met. And you saw time after time after time, God, God came by and God done so much for Brother Branham and Brother Branham's ministry. But it wasn't just for Brother Branham. It's for those that are standing for this message, those that are standing for this gospel. God is the same God. He didn't cease to be God when Brother Branham went off the scene. He's as much God for you tonight. We got evidence in the land, church, that God is a healer, that God is a miracle worker, that God is a savior, that God can bring the prodigals home. We have seen it. We have witnessed it. He God is still moving and nothing will stand before your prayer. Not even the greatest threat to life. Cancer can't stand before you. Notice now. Brother Bam says, now, regardless of what they have, 
regardless of what they have, he designated. See, God, who is my judge, knows he designated cancer. He said, nothing, if you can get the people to believe you and be sincere when you pray, nothing shall stand before your prayer, not even cancer, if you get the people to believe you. Not believe you as a man. That's where we fail. Many of us, we put our faith in a man, and it's not man that we put our faith in, but it's in the word of God. Believe that the message that he's teaching or the message that he's preaching, the message that is coming forth, believe that it is the truth. And then he said, he designated cancer. See, he designated cancer. My, 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 time is flying by. I got to speed up here. Now, let's just see how fast cancer has to leave in the presence of God. How many would like to see that just for a minute? Okay, good. Brother Bam says now, let me get there. He says, if you can get the people to believe and be sincere when you pray, nothing will stand before your prayer. There'll be nothing. No matter what disease you have, it won't stand before the prayer if you will believe. He says, they got to believe. They got to testify. They got to confess it. And God will bring it to pass. So we find here, let me find my, where I was at, where I want to go here. How fast? This is in 1951, the second miracle. He said, bring the lady. All right, sister, what do you think about it? You believe? Put your, put your handkerchief in your other hand and lay your hand on mine. What does that look like to you? Strange looking sight there, isn't it? It's cancer. Come here just for a moment. You know, when the angel of the Lord met me, that was the first thing he said. So not even cancer will stand before the prayer. Do you believe it? He goes, I want you to repeat this and watch my hand. Repeat this as I say from, from your heart. He says, Lord Jesus, now I want you to watch. He says, seeing the moving of the hand. Lord Jesus, the lady repeats after Brother Branham. I believe you. I accept you as my healer. I believe that there was a supernatural being that said these things to Brother Branham. I believe his presence is here now. I accept my healing. Now, what happened? Something changed there, didn't it? The vibration stopped, didn't it? Your faith has made you whole, sister. Your cancer is dead. It's gone. God bless you. Amen. Nothing will stand before your prayer. Brother Branham didn't heal her. He just elevated her faith. See, the sign that she saw in his hand wasn't what healed her. Her faith to believe that that supernatural being that met him in the cave or met him in that little room and gave him the commission that he had and if he could get her to believe because he knew he was going to be sincere when he prayed, nothing would stand before that prayer. And it was just a matter of minutes and cancer left. So in order for this to work, we got to believe the ministry has to be sincere. We can't mix it with our own ideas, but it's got to be the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So sincerity plays a major, 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 major role in what we get from God. Sincerity plays a major role in the binding of the enemy. Sincerity. Can we go a little further? I'm kind of liking this teaching, Brother Aaron. I'm doing good. That's from a teacher, y'all. He's just telling me what I want to hear. Notice here, this is in the paradox, and we're gonna, I'm trying to tie some things together because of, we find that the unleavened bread is sincerity and truth, and, the, and we find that in order for nothing to stand before your prayer, you got to believe, and we got to be sincere. 
And Brother Branham here, we find him. He goes, it seemed like everybody was afraid. I said, what's everybody afraid of? And a voice came and said, there is such danger in these days. This great hideous thing that, that is death when it strikes you. And I heard the weeds smashing down. And I look, and, excuse me, and here come a monster snake crawling through the weeds. And I thought, now, knowing that this is a vision, then... He says, then I shall see what this animal is or this beast is. And it crawled up on the highway. And as soon as I got sight of him, I knew it was the mamba. A mamba is an African snake, which is the most deadly bite of all there is. See, there's nothing as poison as a mamba. The snake, of course, represents death. So here he is, he goes into a vision and he sees this mama, the greatest threat, the greatest, the threat to life in Africa is the black mamba. And we find that the mama, like cancer, is the most deadly bite and it's instantaneous death as soon as it strikes you. And he finds now, he goes, now the snake, of course, represents sin. And we know that there's only one sin and that's the sin of unbelief. So that's the thing Brother Branham is trying to get us away from is get away from your unbelief because you'll never get anywhere with God if you have unbelief. But if you can believe, then all things are possible if you can believe. See, there was an overwhelming fear of the mom. And today there's an overwhelming fear of cancer. And if you've been bitten by the chance of recovery is zero. He says, now, then it comes to mama. He's death. He's so fast you can't see him. He goes over the top of the weeds and propels himself with the back of his tail and just and he's gone and he's gone he hits you in the face usually stands up high and strikes hard and when he hits you you just got a few breaths till you're finished it don't only paralyze it gets into your bloodstream it gets it gets the nerves everything you just die in just a few seconds he says them native boys track boys you can say mama and they'll butt their heads together and scream because it's death just as a few seconds when one hits you notice the parallel to cancer Somebody get cancer, and that's the first thing they just, oh my goodness, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die. I got to get my house in order. I got to get these things. And he said, he was on the highway, and I looked at him, and he looked angry at me, and he licked his tongue out, and, and here he come. But when he got right close, he would run up fast, and then he would get slower and slower and just quiver and stop. Then something would hold him off. He couldn't bite me. He would run, turn around on the other side, try another approach from this side, and he would get back, and he would start, and he would switch right toward me, get slower and slower and slower, and then stop, and then shake like that, and move back. He couldn't strike me. He goes, then he turned, and he looked at my friend, and the way he went after my friend, and I seen my friend just jumping in the air over him and over him and over him, trying the best that he could. He was striking at him. He says, I said, oh, if it ever would hit him, it would be instant death, and no wonder Everybody is so scared because when the thing hits you, it's instant death. He said, it was just striking at him. And I threw my hands at him. I said, oh God, have mercy on my brother. I said, if this serpent ever strikes him, it'll kill him. I don't know if Brother Branham saw it, but I just can't help but to see the unbelief in this day. The unbelief in this day. And what is it trying to do? He couldn't get the, it couldn't get the prophet. He believed the word. He just got up to him and it just slowed down and just came to a halt. But it's those in our day now. They're running. They're trying to jump over. Some trying to believe. And it's bit so many that's turned away and ran. So many have died and gone away. And we find this thing just come at them. And yet he's, he, and Brother Manuel just cries out. He goes, he goes if, it, if this serpent ever strikes him, it'll kill him. He goes, then the serpent turned to me 
And I said that, and, I look, and it looked at me again, and the voice came from above and said, you have been given power to bind him, the worst, or any. And I said, God, what must I do? He said, there's one thing that you must do. You must be more sincere. More sincere. The days of playing church are over. The days of just going through the motions are over. We must be more sincere if we plan on binding the serpent. Keeping unbelief out of our home. Keeping unbelief out of our marriages. Keep unbelief out of our children. Keep unbelief out of the job. Keep unbelief out of the church. Keep unbelief. We have to be more sincere. I said, well, God, give me more sincerity and let me, let me have sincerity. And I raised up my hands to him again. And there was a great something came over me and just lifted me up. Seemed like that my whole body was just charged with something. And I looked at the serpent. And then he started towards me. And he couldn't do it yet. And I said, Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind you. And he said, then the serpent, the blue smoke flew out of him. He curled up, made that sign like an S, a capital S made backwards, the and sign, notice, and, which means this one or anything below him because he was the worst. Blue smoke fell out of him and his tail choked his own self to death around his head. And when he made that backwards S, that sign, and as a conjunction, you see, choked it to death and the brother was free. He says, no, now I say, notice this. He didn't bind him in the name of a message believer. He didn't bind him in the name of a denomination. He didn't bind him in the name of the greatest preacher or his favorite preacher. He bound him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the serpent was bound, everything beneath him or below him was bound. Everything. He goes, I went over there and I mashed on and I found out. I wanted to find out about it because it was a vision and a hit on the thing and it turned like that and it looked like a handle of a glass handle on a pitcher and just made a solid crystal. And I think, well, how quick that blue smoke was life and everything had left all the elements and it turned to glass. And then the voice came to me again and said, you can also unbind him. You can also unbind him. So within the believer tonight is the power to bind the serpent and within the believer tonight is also the power to unbind the serpent. I said, Satan, that I may know I unbind you. And when I did, he started coming to life again, wiggling. And I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. And when it did, the smoke flew out of him again. And he choked himself right back again and turned to crystal. So notice, not only do we have the power to bind, but we also have the power to unbind. How do we unbind the serpent? I'm glad you asked. Jesus said, if you ask the Father anything in my name, I will do it. And he asked us not to doubt. But when you pray to believe that you receive what you ask, and it will be given to you, even if you could say unto this mountain, be moved and not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you have said will come to pass, you shall have whatever you said. Father, we know that this is the truth. We watch it day by day. There is no fault in your word. It's because we can't be at that spot. Sometimes our faith won't move us up there. We frustrate and doubt. But your doubt is what unbinds the serpent. That's why we preach faith. That's why he said, if you can get the people to believe. Now notice, you bind the serpent, then you bind everyone beneath him. You bind the serpent, you bind every other demon below him because he's the greatest threat. And you do that with sincerity. 
Now, when Brother Branham faced the, mani- the maniac at Oregon, we all familiar with the story, but we're going to tell it because I'm preaching and I got a few more minutes left, so that's all great. So we find here, here he is preaching to an audience of 6,600 men or 6,600 people, and he's got a platform full of preachers. And this maniac just broke some man's jaw, broke his shoulder, walks out on a platform, threatens Brother Branham's life. All the men on the platform leave. Brother Bam said there was 250 men on the platform. Every minister ran because they knew this man was a maniac and what he had just done. Here he says, I weigh 128 pounds. This man may, may weigh 275 to 300 pounds. And he said he came out and he began to threaten and he began to threaten. And he goes, there's 6,600 6, people sitting there besides what was out in the street. Everybody was breathless. He goes, I weighed 128 pounds. And he turned around and he said, you better know. He goes, you better, Brother Bam said, you better know what you're talking about when you, when you face that. He goes, tonight I'll prove that there's nothing to you but you're a hypocrite. Notice this man was making a challenge. He was making a challenge. Brother Brown never said a word. He says, tonight, because you made this challenge. Now, he was, he was thinking about this man. And he says it in different places here. And I want to try to get to where I, want to, where I really want to hone into tonight. But Brother Brown says, you know, if you can have sincerity, if you can have love for the people. He said, this man didn't know me. He goes, this man was probably a father, and he probably had a wife, and he probably had children back home. And he, you know, he's not against me, and he had a love for this maniac. And so we find love and hatred was about to be in a battle, a warfare. And he says now, he goes, and about then I heard something talking. It was myself, and it said, because that you have challenged the Spirit of God tonight, you will fall over my feet. See, he says, in the presence of Almighty God, no matter what it is, he's the Lord and the very present help in a time of trouble. Don't be afraid. Stand on your ground. When God moves, God is God. Now, I believe Sister Jessica and Sister Lydia witnessed that this past camp meeting when we had a girl who was possessed with the devil and they took her to the back and I was able to, I was not able, but I went back with her and they called the two sisters to come back there with us and it took everything in our power, three human beings to hold her down and to keep her contained. She was one supernatural strength and she was arching back and moaning, beginning to foam at the mouth like a, a a rabid dog. I mean, it was just an awful sort. And after an hour of just working with her and working with her and working with her, finally getting her to come to herself, Brother Matt came in, Brother Matt McGarry came in, and we find God began to move and God began to deal with her. And we got her to a place to where she exposed everything that was going on. But not only that, she had to get to a place of repentance. And then another testimony, I believe Brother Tim told you guys just the other day, the one on Sunday morning, I go over there and begin to pray for her, and that devil, I just begin to just say a little simple prayer, you know, go back in and just try, and I just, you know, hey, the spirit of fear and torment, you know, it can't stay, and as soon as I did the thing, because it spoke out, I don't like you, I don't like you. I said, well, good, I don't like you either. The feelings are very mutual. But I already dealt with this young lady before, and I've already dealt with the spirit on her before, but this was a little bit different. But notice, this spirit now was trying to get its bluff in by speaking out of her. The other one, you couldn't get her to say anything. She was just, just uncontrollable, just arching and everything. But yet, you got to know, like the prophet of God said, you got to know where you stand when you face off with those things. Now, if I wouldn't have had the Holy Ghost, that thing would have looked at me and said, you're a hypocrite and done whatever it wanted to do with me. But it looked at me and says, I don't like you. You know how confident I felt? 
I said, oh, buddy, well, get ready because you're about to come out. Because I know my position as a son of God. And not only that, I know my commission that we shall cast out devils. She wanted to be free. She didn't want this thing to, to harbor inside of her. And we began to pray and we cast that thing out. And she went back into service and she was completely fine. Worship the Lord gave testimony the next week. But see, because these signs are still following believers. And when this enemy made, an, uh, made a, a boast or made a challenge to Brother Branham, he didn't make a challenge to Brother Branham. That chief of that devil made a challenge to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit and Brother Branham accepted the challenge. And it says, you'll fall over my feet. And he says, I'll show you whose feet I'll fall over. And he went to swing at Brother Branham. And he began to turn around and turn around. And he fell over his feet, pinned to his feet. And the little policeman said, is he healed? Is he delivered? He said, no. He worships that thing because he thinks he's right notice he worships and he couldn't get free because he thinks he's right if he would have ever repented and said I'm wrong he would have been delivered that's why you got to get him to repentance that's why you got to get him to the Holy Ghost that's why you got to get him free not only to expose what's there but to get him to say I'm sorry God I'm sorry for my actions then they could be free brother Bam says when that man when that maniac, when that chief devil, when he was defeated, the tribe, the chief of the tribe of that tribe of demons, when he was defeated, he says, everybody, he said, the chief man defeated, just, just begin to raise up out of the wheelchairs, out of the cots, out of the stretchers, everything else to walk. See, what was it? He said, the meeting was over. Everybody was healed and walked out. Why? When Satan was defeated, the whole audience believed with one accord and went out. Now, Satan is defeated in one case. He said, he's the same today. He's defeated in every case. And if we can defeat cancer, and cancer has been defeated, then you can combine cancer, the worst or any. Nothing will stand before the believer's prayer. Not even cancer. But it takes sincerity. Sincerity binds the serpent. And when you bind the serpent, everything below it is defeated. Everything, you can put your foot on it as a son and daughter of God and tread on serpents. See, and he said the greatest devil and the chief of all devils is unbelief. And there's only one sin. And there's no other sin but unbelief. He said that chief of that tribe of demons made a challenge and lost. He says, you see, and that's when the spirit of God struck the building and everything was healed. Because the chief, the main one, was bound. But it took sincerity. He loved the man, but the man, the spirit in the man made a challenge to his God, and his God accepted the challenge. And I'm here to tell you, God is here to accept the challenge on your behalf tonight. God is here to accept the challenge. He says, the devil made a challenge, and the Holy Spirit challenged him back. Oh, I'm so glad to know that. I'm so glad God sent us a prophet that will put this in here so that we as a believer, when we face our most difficult moments and the devil's making a challenge to your family, he's making a challenge to your home, he's making a challenge against your kids, you got a promise that there's a Holy Ghost in the land today. There's a Holy Ghost that's being preached in the church and he will accept that challenge. I'm going to have a young person that's going to rise up and lay on the sea and they're going to believe me and they're going to take me at my word. I'm declaring to you tonight as a church of the living God, we have been given the authority to bind the serpent. The worst are any. To bind the serpent. The worst are any. 
Nothing can stand before your prayer. Not even cancer. I want the musicians to start making their way back. Numbers 13 and verse 25. If we bring this down to a close tonight. I know I'm a little bit longer. I apologize for that, but we're about to, we're about to close. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel and to the widows of the Paran, to Kadesh. And they brought back word unto them and to the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and it said, we came unto a land whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. Mmm, man, the land was fruitful. There was fruit of it. And he said, this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people, notice, nevertheless, unbelief filtered its way in right there. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Malachites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And then Caleb, Caleb rose up and he stilled the people. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and he said, let us go at once. Let us go at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome. Brother Brown says in the message of the great warrior Joshua, he says, devils are on the move for Jesus Christ, the chief captain in the name. He goes, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They failed to get it 40 years ago, but we're coming in now, possessing the land, the same pillar of fire, the same chief captain is leading the host of the Lord. It's the land. He goes, it's in your land. God has pr- promised to prosper you in health. He gave you that body. It's your by possession. The devil's trying to take it over. He hasn't got one authority to do it. He's trembling tonight. Hallelujah. The great world of God moving in the building now Satan's trembling oh what if he only had faith he said his heart's about gone it's melted in him he goes well the doctor said but you realize the host of the Lord is moving now no matter how high it's walled up he may have walled it out of the sight of the doctor but he hasn't walled it out of the sight of God he might be a great big bluff to medical science but he ain't a bluff to God I say praise be to God tonight we've had people that go into the land and I want you to know the land belongs to you the prophet of God said he's here tonight the great supernatural Lord Jesus, the great I am, the great Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He says, why? The land belongs to us. All that comes to me, I will give you everlasting life and raise them up in the last day. We got the evidence of it here. People who were dying last week, dying there in Mayo's clinic and so forth, he had turned away, could never be well. He says, didn't know what to do. And tonight are perfectly normal. Well, the evidence, I'm here to tell you tonight, church, we got the evidence in the land. We got the evidence that nothing will stand before your prayer, not even cancer. We got the evidence. Satan said alopecia's in the land. Where's Sister Mariah at? Is she here tonight? Mariah, I want you to come stand up here. If you would, come stand up here. Just start playing something. I don't care. Just play something. Satan said alopecia's in the land and we can't take it. We got evidence. Saints and prodigals can't go in that land. Brother Philip, I want you to come on up here. Brother Justin, I want you to come on over here. Stand up and play that bass. You can stay right there just play it. Play it loud, play it free. Stand up. We're giving testimony. We got evidence. Saints 
said you can't have your sons and your daughters. I got evidence tonight. Where's little Drew Dexter at? He's here. Come on, Drew. Devil said he would never be able to walk. Said he's never going to get tall. Drew, come on up. Here's a testimony. We got evidence. David Dexter, make your way down here. Satan said, you're going to have to go to that land blind. But God says, no, I'm no giver of sight. I'll give you sight tonight. He says, you got to go there. You can go in that land, but you're not going to be able to see. We don't just settle for a so far religion. We don't just settle for a halfway healing. We settle for total, full victory tonight. Why? Because we're sons and we're daughters of God. We got evidence that the land is rich. Make your way over here. Satan says autoimmune disease. Come on, Brother Aaron. Autoimmune disease is going to take us in the land. It's on that mountain. You can't go in. It'll destroy your life. Doctors can't figure it out. You're going to have to suffer this way. Oh, we got evidence tonight. Satan says barrenness is in the land. Sister Candace, won't you bring little Abigail and stand up here tonight? Satan says you can't have them. You can't have children. You got to go in the land barren. But we don't just settle for some barrenness. We settle for a gospel that produces the word. We believe in healing. We believe in deliverance. We believe in the Holy Ghost. We believe in the power of God. I'm not done. We got more evidences. Come on, y'all stand over here. All y'all over here. We giving evidence, brother. Aaron, go stand over there with him. It's the only time I can tell you what to do. <laughs> Satan said there's devils of depression in the land. Devils of depression. You that's overcome depression, come stand up here. I want you to stand right up here on the front. You that's overcome depression, don't be ashamed. You're an evidence. You're a witness tonight. Satan says you got to be bound by depression. You can't make it. You can't go on that land. Oh, Satan, I'm here to tell you, nothing tonight can stand before the prayer. Nothing tonight can stand before the prayer. Nothing tonight will stand before the believer's prayer. Satan says, Satan says there's suicide devils in that land. Oh, you can't take it. If you've overcome suicidal thoughts, come to the front. Don't be ashamed. This is your moment. Satan says pornography devils got you. There's no way to break his grip. If you've overcome pornography, come on up to the front. Be a witness. Come on, don't be ashamed. Come on, don't be ashamed. This is your moment. You're a testimony. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't go in the land. You got this. You got that. There's fear. There's fear in the land. If you've overcome fear and that chain of fear is broken off of you, come to the front. Come and stand up here. Give testimony tonight. Give witness tonight. Satan said there's complex devils in there. Oh, false realities. If you've overcome a complex devil, I want you to make your way to the front. Come on, church. Make your way on down here right now. Satan says you got a complex. There's no way you can't be free. That family strain is holding you all your life. It's got to stay there. I'm going to tell you tonight, devil, ain't no complex going to stand in my place. Ain't no devil going to steal my joy. Ain't no devil going to steal my voice. That will lead prayer. Oh, yeah.
not done. I'm not done. Satan says there's various forms of cancer. Sister Lana, I want you to make your way on that side to the front. I'm coming after you, Sister Marilyn. Let's go. You've overcome cancer. Come on. We're going to the front. We got time for this. Satan says there's various forms of cancer. Sister Lana, I want you over here. There's evidence in the land. There's evidence in the land. Satan, do you see it tonight? There's evidence in the land. Can you make it up them steps? Let's go. Let's let her get up these steps real quick. Right here. Stand right here with Sister Orlando. Right there. Satan says there's various forms of cancer in the land. Sister Sharon Baxter's not here, but she's defeated cancer. We got Sister Marilyn that's defeated cancer. Brother Kenneth Middleton, he's not here tonight, but he's defeated cancer. See, what am I telling you tonight, church? The prophet of God said, if you can get the people to believe you, nothing will stand before your prayer, not even cancer. And if we can find cancer, which it has been found, then everything below it, everything to work, our enemy has been defeated. Nothing. Oh, hallelujah. I said nothing can stand before your prayer, not even cancer. Not even cancer, not even pornography, not even fear, not even depression, not even conflict, nothing tonight, nothing tonight. Oh, church, we got evidence, it's here. Brother Rod, we got evidence, it's here. Healing is yours, deliverance is yours. Sister Erica, it's yours tonight. Sister Ruth Wilson, where are you? Not even cancer. Not even cancer. That's a witness to you. This is a witness. Look around, church. Nothing can stand before your prayer. Go ahead. Not even cancer. Nothing. Will you believe? Oh, yeah. Whose report are you going to believe tonight? We shall believe the report of the